0: People see opportunity if they want to, and they actually it was on BBC they actually had people walk uh by money laying on the ground because they determined that, that person was did not look for opportunity, but other people that did look for opportunity did see the money and picked it up right so we've got to get this idea in our head that there's opportunity all over, yeah uh, you know I've heard a lot of people say well you know i'm I'm too old, i'm too young i'm I'm too poor, I'm no." it's like what do you want yeah you know what do you want
1: welcome Hey, leaders. Uh, Really excited to be bringing on uh, an amazing uh, leader, Frank Forte. Uh, He's written a book called Agile Mindset Demystified Mindset Over Mechanics. And in this podcast, we really, really dig into mindset and really talk about a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And how do we actually make a shift? How do we change that? How do we adapt? How do we grow and get out of the naturally fixed mindset that really in many ways school teaches us to be, You know, that our society teaches us to be, but it's not the powerful mindset that we're looking for to become the leaders that we want. I know you're going to love the podcast, but before I jump there, I wanted to just talk about what's going on the Student Works Management Program, we are in full swing recruiting. We've just had an incredible year, uh, incredible transformation of all these young leaders who have worked with us. We've returned more of them than ever for the 2021 season, and we're looking for amazing leaders. So if you know someone who's looking to, again, develop their leadership, develop their growth mindset in a real world, incredible coaching experience, please send them along to me. You can reach me at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. They can go to leaderspodcast.ca slash apply or studentworks.com. Thank you so much. I know you're going to love the podcast and thanks for tuning in. Thank you very much, Frank, for joining us on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thank you. So, uh, you know, I know uh, one of the things that really had me interested in having you on the pod was just the new book that you're writing the the startups that you're involved with in the past you know and and i know you've you've spent a bunch of time working with young people and uh you know what has you excited about you know talking about today uh th- this morning frank
0: well I, I think s- certainly the optimism I have whenever I can engage and coach uh, a young person and get them kind of off in a positive mindset uh into this world that isn't always quite as humane as we would like to think it is, you know. So I've I've spent times um, mentoring college students. I'm passionate about veterans, so I work with some nonprofits that help veterans. Which amazingly, a lot of them are still fairly young. They can get out of the military and and be younger than somebody that's you know graduated from college. Yeah. So helping them transition to this uh, world that is uh, very different than the military. So. Just a a lot of opportunities to help people, I I guess.
1: Yeah, I love the work that you do, and you know, again, it's it's really like you said, it's around helping people, around helping people be successful. You know, helping people set up their their mindset. You know, one thing obviously that that you've done is you've you, you know you've written a book, and I would love to understand like one thing that we're really really excited about in our program, in our podcast, we have a lot of people talking about mindset. So maybe we could dig into to that. I know your the title of your book is "Agile Mindset Demystified: Mindset Over Mechanics."
0: Yep, exactly. And so the the way I explain it, and there's actually a book called "Mindset" that's uh, really good. explains it. You know, goes deep into the science and all that. But uh, generally, you know, either you have a growth mindset or you have a fixed mindset. And uh, a growth mindset means that I'm going to run an experiment. I'm going to figure it out. if that experiment worked well or i'm gonna pivot and do something else you know i i do a lot of uh carpentry and remodeling and it's one of my hobbies and i'm constantly looking for a better way to make a cut or a better way to measure something or you know just uh, everything so i i bring that mindset to everything i do right Uh, one of the things that um is a challenge with that mindset is you have to put uh, routines and processes in place uh, just so you know. You don't want to you know, spend that mindset on things that are uh, routine and you know, things that aren't going to give you outside this, uh, benefits if you get better at them. So uh, for me, it's uh, once you have that mindset, it's almost like you have to get a little bit of fixed mindset. But the vast majority of people have a fixed mindset. It's uh, part of our education system. You know, there's a right answer, there's a wrong answer. All you got to do is feel, you know, learn the right answer, and then then you're awesome. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in the real world, uh, there are very few right answers. Right. You know, you you're navigating a high complexity, and that's one of the things that uh, Agile is designed for. So, in organizations where you have a lot of complexity, you need to. Use empiricism, meaning running experiments. We all learned that in grammar school, high school, and so we we thought experimentation was just for the chemistry lab or someplace. Uh, but that's really how the world works. It's uh, it's a big chemistry experiment, and so a lot of times, you know, I try to get people to think about uh, ways that outside of work they're very agile. Right. You know, if you think about well, there's a you're on your way to work. You're on your way to a job site, and there's a traffic accident or something. Well, guess what? We just don't sit there all day. We try to figure out another way to Absolutely. get to where we're going. Yes, but a lot of people don't apply that same idea to uh, their work. What what they're trying to grow or solve. Mm-hmm. I
1: can totally see that, and I think you know I like to share that we swim in right and wrong. You know, we swim in I'm I'm right or I'm wrong. You know, we swim and I'm good or I'm bad. Like, I think that's just what our our mindsets lead us to. And I'm constantly correcting myself, you know, okay, hold on, you know, it's not about right and wrong. You know, what's the best thing to do? And, you know, we we try to change that frame consistently and regularly so that we don't get into fixed positions. You know, I think that's something that we really work on. You know, I know you talk about, you know, how to shift mindsets in your book, and I that's something that really fascinates me because I know we've got mindsets that are holding us up in the growth that we want to see in our lives. What you know tools and traits do you use, or what what strategies do you have that that can make a difference in that area, Frank?
0: Well, um the first one that comes to mind is just being present. okay, so uh, if we spend so much time in the future or the past, yeah. And then we have no power in either of those. Okay. Right. So we only have power in the present. We can only do something in the present that uh, will make a difference for right. the future. So that, that's one of the things that I think we start with. And then we misuse the past. So, I, you know, reflecting on uh, past experiments is a good thing. Right. But beating yourself up about that past experiment or, boy, that was stupid or, yes. you know, whatever. Right. That self-talk. And I, I've actually gone into teams and actually every time uh, somebody disparaged themselves verbally, I made them put a, a dollar in the jar, Oh, you know, just to, because it was such a, a toxic environment. Right. And if you can't make you can't grow good plants in bad soil. Right. So uh, just, you know, that that little thing and everybody became aware of when they were being negative on what they had done or themselves or whatever. And that really, you know, helped them to start being more positive so that, you know, that's a a simple trick. You know, figuring out how to say yes instead of no is another way is, uh, you know, by high school, uh, a child told no 200,000 times or something, a study I saw. Right. So how do we figure out how to say yes? Okay. And most of the time you have a growth mindset if you say yes to something, and then you've got to figure out how to make it happen. Right. Right. The negative side will be, and you know, my book, I I said no to writing a book at least four times. Right. Um, You know, this guy just kept coming after me. I'd be on a a speaking stage and, you know, he'd say, you know, Frank, I still want you to write a book. And I'm like, nah, you know. uh, but eventually, you know, it's like, okay, maybe. Right. And then, <laughs> you know, and he said, just do the proposal. Okay. I wrote the proposal and he accepted it, you know, without edits. And I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> now, now I guess I'm into this thing. Right. But I never pictured my, you know, I always had that idea of writing a book and 97% of the people that hold say, yeah, I want to write a book. Right. Only 3% of them ever do. Right. And now I know why it's hard.
1: It's, it's hard. <laughs> I am like actually, that's something um, you know for because I've heard a lot of people want to write books, and it, it is really hard. Like, what was the the commitment to write the book? How much time did it take to write
0: the book, Frank? Oh, I'd probably say it's it's a hundred pages long. It's probably two hundred hours. Yeah. Uh, over two years. Right. And one of the ways I got there was I, uh, there's a, an app website called 750 words. Right. So I started training myself and just writing words, right. You know, 750 words a day. Okay. Whether they made sense or not. Okay. That's the other thing that we mistake is we try to edit everything as we're creating. Right. Two separate processes, right. The creative process and the editing process. And so you have to kind of separate those things. And a lot of things we do, right. You know, if you're running an experiment, you can't edit the experiment as you're running it. You got to come up with a, a hypothesis, right? Right. And then you run that experiment. And if that doesn't work out, then you try something else. And I, I think one of the things that really helps that process helps the growth process is get a team, right? We have way too much internal dialogue that has very little to do with reality often.
1: Yes. Very true. <laughs> so it's, it's that chirping in the back of your head that stands in the way and that wants you to stay in a fixed, you know, uh, mindset, right. You know, cause going into a growth mindset is dangerous because then they will, your ego will see yourself as wrong and then will like you're, you know, putting a dollar in the, uh, in the jar, you know, we'll say all sorts of bad things about you. Right. And we don't want that. Right. So it's, it's like here, let's just stay in this safe place, but the safe place really isn't a safe place, you know, uh, at all. It's not where you want to be. You want to be in a world of, of, of growth and progress for sure.
0: Yeah. I, I heard, uh, somebody say recently that if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space.
1: Hmm. No, there's, there's no question, you know, about that and that, that, you know, growth is the space. And I think you're right. I think in teams, like one of the things as well, in facilitated discussions, you know, like, you know, you've got your team out, you're having a conversation about things. It's really easy to look to shut someone down. Oh, that won't work, you know, and yeah. maybe you're right in the specific example that they're using right there won't work let them sort of share it. Someone else adds something, someone else adds something, and then you've discovered something that could be a breakthrough for your business. I've seen that happen exactly. time yeah. and time again.
0: That comes from improv. Yes. I- improv theater, right? It's, it's yes and. You know, when you're doing a brainstorming session, uh, no should be uh, a forbidden word. Yes. You can say yes and we could do this and yes and. and. Uh, I mean, that's one of the, th- the, goes back to the editing too quickly. Is yes. we want to be right and, and we have to kind of give over our uh, not needing to be right to the team as well. So yes. there are things that teams decide to do when I'm coaching teams in large corporations. I know for a fact that it's not going to work right. you know, because of my experience, because of whatever. But I'm like, okay, guys, you want to run this experiment? Let's go. Right. Right. Um, you know, no harm. You know, n- nobody's going to get in too much trouble. No, no like, big uh, investment.
1: No big yeah. investment. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you, if you think about it, if uh, children stop trying to walk, you know, the first three times they tried because they fell down every time, uh, we'd have a lot of people crawling around on their hands and feet still. You yes. Know, hand, hands and knees. Yeah. So and, and you look at nature, right? You look at uh, people learning how to ride a bicycle how many times do they fall very often, right? Over and over again. And then guess what? They learn how to ride a bike. Right. So our ego is not, our culture drives us to develop a fixed mindset. So now, you know, and I'll I'll say that there's a lot of kids that are very cautious and very reserved and want uh, a lot of validation. But I think that's a little bit different than a fixed mindset is that doesn't they're not defining themselves as good or bad. Right. They're they're just timid individuals. Yes. And I think you're
1: right there. You know, I think there's two two different, you know, scenarios there. Is there other ways around shifting mindsets? Because I know that's something that's that's really, you know, that we're at work on in our business and 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 here in the podcast.
0: Well, I think, you know, um big, Harry, audacious goal, behang, yeah, is making sure that People have those that they share, them, right? Um, you know, one of the things I'll go back to the book real quick. Right. Once I started telling people that I was writing a book, it, again, it was uh, you know another uh oh. Now I got to write a book.
2: Yeah. You know,
0: yeah. You know, the excitement of oh yeah, I got a a publisher and I'm writing a book, and then all of a sudden it was oh now I got to go write a book. Yes. So I, I think putting it out there and having those accountability partners. Yeah. You know, and I, I I, coach, I'm an executive coach, but I've got two coaches myself. So I think getting that coacher, uh, coach or mentor, a relationship is, is critical. There are so many people that I find that don't have that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, quite often, uh, parents, uh, for whatever reason, kind of give up that role. Once their kids are, you know, through high school or through college or whatever, they're now they're on their own, they're their own people. Right. Uh, personally, I haven't done that with my sons. Uh, my wife and I are still very involved in, you know, helping them be successful. Yes, whatever that means for them.
1: Absolutely, and I think I, I, on the other hand, I think part of it, uh, Frank, is in me getting a sense of you over a, a number of conversations. Now is is that you know some parents are actually good coaches. Okay, so it makes sense to me that some parents really don't have maybe a great sense of number one, maybe. What is you know good strategies in the world today? So that could be a, a factor why they may not coach. And then a big part of, I think being successful coaching is having people find their answer. and so I think parents sometimes, you know, their kids are a reflection of them, and so that they want their kids to be successful, and they're attached to their kids being successful, so that that reflects on them. And the kids get that, and so as a result, their conversations, you know they want them to be whatever, the doctor, the lawyer, the this, the successful person, so that it actually impacts their, instead of, hey, you want them just to discover what's best for them in the world, because there's all sorts of ways to be successful in the world, you know, as I know you understand.
0: Yeah, and that's, you know, you see this on the uh, soccer field or wherever, where you have, you know, parents on the sidelines, you know, trying to instruct their children and and the children at that point are just out there running around with a bunch of other kids you know yes so you know I, I think uh, part of this is that you know maybe they didn't have uh, good mentors or coaches and and uh, you know and I, I've had uh, parents come to me and say hey I'm, I don't know what, how to help my son with you uh, coach coach
1: uh, you know yes
0: because they know that they need something. But to your point, they just don't know how to get underneath that. and I think that's a lot of what uh, being a professional coach and going through that certification process and, and doing a lot of hours of practice uh, helps you figure out.
1: Yeah. And, and that's actually something that really has interests me as well, as I know you worked with John Maxwell for our leaders. John Maxwell is, is really one of the leading uh, leadership experts, uh, you know, top, I know 10, 50 leadership experts in the last generation, you know, really, really, uh, you know, pretty incredible, uh, leader Absolutely. and speaker. Yeah. And I know Frank's done a bunch of work with him. So it'd be great maybe f- to share with our, with our leaders, like what that process was like, what you took from it, et cetera.
0: Yeah. It actually got me onto the formal coaching path i guess mm-hmm. so i was a um a foundational member of his his coaching program so uh john uh, it must be 7 8 years now uh, ago decided that you know he's can't do it all right so right. he wanted to take his material and um he writes about legacy he actually has a book called legacy and this is kind of his plan for creating a legacy is that He's putting a lot of money and a lot of effort into developing a program so people can one uh, learn how to be a coach, uh, learn how to be a speaker. And so he's uh, you know brought people from around the world when when I did it, uh, the coaching expert, the coaching instructor, was out of the u k. And so what we did is we did about six months' worth of online training. Mm. and then we had the opportunity to come to Florida, right? Where John lives, and and actually uh, had a four day workshop, and actually got to go to John's house, meet his wife, have a reception, and all that, and you know just get to know each other a little bit. So I think it's uh, just really awesome that he's given his material freely. So I have uh, five or six programs that I can go into organizations uh, and and teach. Right, that's his his material with uh, his outlines and I've actually, and I have recordings of him teaching the same stuff. So not only do I get his material, I see the way he does it. Right. So th- those are all some of the things. Um, and then I, that's been eight years and I've, you know, still in contact with folks that have uh, went through that training with me. So I kind of feel like uh, one is, uh, a, believe it or not, in corporate America, Ah, uh, John Maxwell is not as well known as as we would think. Even though, if you go on Amazon, he's got forty books. Mm-hmm. You know, forty bu- books that are being sold on Amazon right now. So, uh, not only is he one of the top ten success personalities of maybe the last thirty years, right? But he is the go-to expert on leadership. So, and what do you think?
1: Why do you think that's been the case that he hasn't been as isn't as well accepted? on the corporate side versus kind of uh, I see him in the personal development side you know and, and and sort of maybe that's more the side that I see him from and again I just have seen him everywhere so and listen yeah. to him and heard him all sorts of places
0: I, I think he's unapologetic about being believing in God ah got it he does not you know put it in anybody's face but if you read his book uh, he has this you know, life view of, a uh, of God, you know, a higher being
2: Okay. You
0: know, being called to do something. And that, uh, really drives him forward. And, and, but if you read his books and you're not familiar with just pick one up in the airport, you probably wouldn't know that. Right. But his stories are so inspiring and, and he, he just reads all the time. He, um, he has this card, you know, the old card decks that used to be in libraries when we had, you know, physical cards that told us where to go get the book. Right. I don't know if your audience has ever seen one
1: of those. Yeah, or not. But, um, good chance not. But, <laughs> but the Dewey Decimal system yeah. of, of library cards <laughs> is how you found library books back in the day, as it were. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and anyways, he had probably a hundred of those things behind his desk. And he... Had index cards with all these great stories that he would uh, read about and you know write down and you know quote the the reference to and if you read his books, I mean they're populated with great stories right you know throughout that uh, really have meaning so I think he has a very subtle way of uh, he's not a like a hard charging leader you know you got to do this you got to be hard nosed you know he uses a term called the uh, velvet covered brick. Right. Um, and he was a pastor for a long time. And, and he said, you know, somebody gave him a velvet covered brick. Right. And he keeps it on his, his shelf because, yeah, is he soft, but there's hardness in, in there. And that's, that's where the, the principles come in. Right. You know, he has specific values and principles and, and that's what he lives by.
1: Yeah, no, I can see that. And it, one of the things I wanted to highlight for our leaders is, you know, one real key fundamental, you know, secret sauce that John has is the ability to tell stories, really mm. really powerful and really craft stories over time and that's something for our leaders to really, you know, if you want to become a powerful leader or orator or grab a crowd, that's something that really and it doesn't just happen, it actually happens because people practice them and they think about them and they craft them so that they really can you know, get, get, get the message, but also touch people. Right. And that's something I think that he does really, really well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And actually there's a podcast about, uh, telling stories, uh, business stories. So I don't have it at my fingertips, but I'll, I'll shoot it to you. So you oh, please, you can put it we can put it in now. the show
1: notes. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah.
0: And they actually tell a story and then they evaluate the story so you can actually so this is another thing is if you're not good at something you got to be ruthless in figuring out how to get better at it if it's one of your strengths if to your point uh, good leaders are good storytellers yeah and you know and the way i talk to leaders about this is a lot of leaders are, are very analytical they're dollars and cents or numbers or quotas right. whatever the data is important but the real leader knows how to wrap a narrative around that data
1: Yes. Well, and partly as well as is that, again, you know, to a certain extent, when you're a leader, it does force you to the front of the room over time, eventually, as you get more and more successful in maybe a smaller room and then a bigger room and a bigger room. So, you know, for people who are, you know, more analytically inclined and more reserved wonderful because that gives you a huge advantage over some people who maybe are less so and just more charismatic and they need to gain the skills that you need to gain if they're going to again craft the narrative and and be successful but you know to be able to be a leader i think we need to be able to again tell a story speak our truth you know and communicate powerfully to people
0: yeah i you know one of the startups i i work with is called cloverleaf.me, and one of its, its goals and purposes is to help teams uh, get better at uh, working with each other's strengths. So it's a platform where each of your team members, strength finders, uh, your Myers-Briggs, your DISC, you know, whatever you have, and they have several free, but then you start to see who has which strength. Yes. And so if you need strategy, well, you come to me. Yes. That's one of my strengths. Yeah. Uh, there, the VIA character assessment, there's 20, 24 different things, and, and Woo is one of those. And, and we all recognize the person with Woo. They can you know kind of bring a group together. They make everybody feel comfortable. They're the perfect host or hostess. I'm not good at that. Right. That's my number 24. Right. <laughs> you know, it's all the, way, all the way down at the bottom of the list. Right. So what I used to do when I was running a big organization is I would find the person with woo and leverage them uh, because I knew I didn't have that. Right. So once you know where you're now, I could never go get
2: woo. Right. right?
0: Uh, That's just not me. Right. Uh, Maybe it's because I was on submarines and and that's a pretty tough environment, and woo's not a big job requirement. But I recognized that I didn't have that. I wasn't going to get it. So again, putting a team together then you can leverage everybody's strengths. And and that, that means you don't have to look at weaknesses all the time.
1: I think that's so smart, Frank. And that's something that we do in our organization as well is 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 really look for people who are what are they strong at? But you know, the the reality is we're just we're way better working in our strengths. You know, for me again, I'm not great at analysis and strategy. And so so my VP and my partner uh, and CEO do way more of that in the business than I do, you know, uh, facilitated, you know, brainstorming great in that space or or certainly good as the facilitator helping lead that. And then you know, stepping away from it. You know, it's just not my space. So it's it's understanding that and not making yourself wrong because you don't have this skill set, right? Because you can't be everything. You know, no one can. And if someone thought they could, then that would be one of their weaknesses, <laughs> because yeah. there's no way, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, even this conversation we're having right now, Chris, is uh, hard for fixed mindset people to do. Right. Talk about their Mm strengths. They're really good at talking about their weaknesses, Uh but you got to get people to talk about their strengths. What, what are you really good at? Okay. Right. So, uh, so often I'll, I'll start, you know, a coaching engagement with an executive and you know, they'll tell me everything they are bad at. Right. You know, and then I'm like, well, you're here, you're an executive. There's gotta be something you did right. Right. (laughs) Yes. And then they'll say, well, you know, I'm pretty good with numbers or I'm pretty good with people relationships. Okay, great. Right. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, you've got people that can go sell anything and then you've got people that can go execute a project uh, flawlessly. Uh, Very rarely do those people live in the same body.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so true. So, you know, one thing that that, you know, had me interested uh reading about you is, is that you say that leadership is at least 50 percent self-leadership. So speak more about that, Frank, please.
0: Yeah. I mean, if we're not getting up ready to go after the day, if we're not self-organizing, if we're not reflecting, uh, again, not to beat ourselves up, but to learn. Mm hmm. Uh, then we can't be good leaders uh, for others. Right. And, you know, it, it's the adage, do, do as I say, not as I do. Right. Right. Is, is that doesn't work. That doesn't work in the real world. Right. It might work with your kids for a while, but even, that you know, they'll work. call you out, yeah. you know, six, seven years old, they, they know better, right? Right. So, you know, that's one of the things that uh, I think, um, you know, is le- leadership. A lot of people think that leadership is something you do to other people. Right. It's not. It's who you are.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. People follow you because of who you are. 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. Leadership, uh, John, you know, the law of the lid is one of his very first law. And the law of the lid is you can't, none of the people in your organization can go higher than you are. Oh, yeah. Right. So if, if you want every, if you want to raise the bar, if you want to raise the water line, for leaders, then guess what? You got to look in the mirror, and that's where that fifty percent of self leadership comes from. Uh, so often, I, I walk into an organization, uh, an executive will call me in, and, and they'll ask me, "Hey, go go fix my team." You
1: know, <laughs> go fix my team.
0: <laughs> and you know, most of the time, I I already know the answer. Team's not the problem. <laughs> okay. <And> <laughs> so I I do all my Executive coaching magic. I'll do 360s. I'll, yeah. you know, get all the input and, and then we'll come back together and hey, here's the feedback. Yeah. And, uh, you know, most of the feedback is, you know, you suck as a leader.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. so let's work on that. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, my team doesn't show up on, on time. My team doesn't do what they say. My team doesn't finish what, the, what, what they start. My, you know, my team's rude. And so, why is that? Well, because that's who you are for the world. So it's, it's, you know, another thing that we find in our business, it's interesting is our business over 30 years has been unbelievable to, you know, at one point we were pretty good. And now we've just been just, you know, 10 years, you know, growth, 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 one of the fastest growing businesses in Canada for a number of years. And so much of it is about the leadership team that we, we are able to, Inspire to come here and then stay here because you can't attract it's really difficult And it hardly ever happens where you attract a better person than the person is right It's just it's really kind of a rarity and if it happens It's really hard to hold on to them, you know, just because they figure out after a while. Wow. I'm actually better than this This dm i'm I'm more capable, you know, so it's 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 again. It's that that whole lid concept, right? And so, really, it's for you to grow yourself, for you to become more, and then you can have better people in your organization.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, you model the behavior you want.
1: Right. Yeah. No, that's just so. Like said, be the change. Be the change. Be the change. You bet. So, uh, no, that's that's awesome. And, and so, you know, I know you've worked um, in six startups. You know, I know that's a. You know sort of any any sort of question because each situation would be different, but I know we have a bunch of leaders interested in the whole startup space what What, what would you share about successful business startups?
0: Well, I think the level of commitment that it takes is uh, underestimated. Yes, you know uh, one of the recent successful startups is a person lived off of his credit cards for almost two years. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have that intestinal fortitude to go do that, right The other thing is uh, being growth mindset. So again, uh, this in, uh, individual got into one of the organizations through my connections to pilot the product that he was trying to sell, right And um, so every week he would meet with us and we'd give him brutal feedback, right And guess what? He could have you know crawled into a corner and you know whimpered. But mm-hmm. what he did was he every week he'd come back and give us a new ver- version of the software and say, hey, I, I, I work on this, this and this. Do you mind giving me some more feedback? Right. And we, we were willing to do it because he was taking action. Right. Right. He was responding to our feedback and he was actually doing something with that. Right. So often we think, uh, you know, Bill Gates or somebody like that as a, a startup, that's the model. Uh, Larry Ellison, or, or somebody like that, where, you know, they're doggedly stubborn.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: guess what, most of uh, startups don't have that opportunity. Right. You know, they say in Silicon Valley, it's not the idea, it's the execution. For sure. Because everybody, at least five people in Silicon Valley have the same idea you have. Right. So I, I think just, uh, you know, count the cost. Uh, before you and, and you know, you can do it part time, you can do it on the side, you can do a lot of things. I, I think a lot of times, it's really good to, you know, um, do it early. There, you know, one startup, and I've gotten help get funding for, you know, um, $1 million dollars, $1. 1.5 million funding rounds. Right. And and the interesting thing is a lot of folks that do a startup think that when they go get that money, it's a payback for them. It's not.
1: No, not at all.
0: They don't get to keep any of that money. Right. So they they might be able to get to neutral, right? But that's not when they make a profit. And then the other thing is I think, you know, early on people don't know what their exit strategy is. So I'll I'll talk to these folks that have startups and I'm like you know, what's your exit strategy? Where do you want to go? Do you want to get this bought out? Do you want to sell it uh, as a private entity? Do you want to go public? You know, how long you want to do this? Right. And so just thinking about a longer term plan and, and you, know, you know, that plays to my strengths because, you know, strategy is one of my strengths. And a lot of guys or, you know, people want to just solve a problem. So th- that's the other thing is don't do a startup that you think is going to make money. Do a startup that uh, you're desperate to solve a, a problem about.
1: Right. Absolutely. And that's something that you're really passionate about to solve that problem, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca/apply. And start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca/slash-apply. Now back to the episode. So, you know, one of the things we always love to talk about on this uh, this podcast is failures and mistakes, be, because as part of having a growth mindset, we've got to understand that you know that's going to happen. So, what about big failures or mistakes that you've made, and how did you learn from those, Frank?
0: How much time do you have? <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story. I, um, uh, I was in working with a client and, and part of agile is this experimentation thing and, and reflecting on failures and, and they pulled me aside and it, it was a very conservative organization. And they said, Frank, you gotta stop talking about all your failures. You're losing credibility. Oh. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's kind of how I got to where I am is through experimentation and failure. You know, I'll talk about one of the uh, startups early on. So, uh, Match.com, uh, folks probably uh, maybe know who that is. We right. were a competitor to that. And guess what? I had partnered with uh, the wrong person. And that person, again, the story, uh, we went, got funding, and she decided to, you know, buy a new wardrobe and all this stuff and not put the money into the firm. And uh, guess what? Uh, we didn't have enough money to make it to the end. So I've got a uh, large documentation that says, hey, you get, you know, 3% of nothing.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: So, you know, that that was a, a, a failure of judgment on on my case, you know, my part. Another one, um, you know, this was a failure, but, you know, I won't say it was, quote, unquote, my fault, right. but it happened is uh, the dot-com uh, bomb, another startup. We were pre-IPO. Uh, had great funding, and guess what? the market you know went south in a big way and and our primary investor lost half his market cap right so again, uh, a lot of work went into that, a lot of sweat you know I had a lot of fun doing it, but at the end of the day uh, no reward
1: no reward yeah and that and that just sort of speaks to you know for all of our you know, leaders listening, you know, if you're interested, you know, just timing just plays such a big role in success in life. And, you know, to think otherwise is is just not accurate, you know, and that there's a whole bunch of businesses now being totally impacted by COVID. And it's not fair, it's not right, it's not... <laughs> you know they're really successful businesses that again you know hopefully on the other side of this everything will return back to whatever the new normal is but it's just really really bad timing for them and uh you know that's something that being a leader w- sometimes will happen just like just as frank gave another example you know and i i saw that happen as well numerous times in my career uh, and happened to me so yeah i totally get that frank
0: yeah and you know so all we can do is all we can do.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: And however, I've seen people use this as an excuse. Well, and there's a study out of uh, the UK that says um, people see opportunity if they want to. And they actually, it was on BBC, they actually had people walk uh, by money laying on the ground because they determined that, that person was, did not look for opportunity but other people that did look for opportunity did see the money and picked it up. Right. So we've got to get this idea in our head that there's opportunity all over. Yeah. Uh, You know, I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm I'm too poor. I'm no, it's like, what do you want? Yeah. You know, what do you want? Yeah. And a lot of people are not willing to commit to wanting something.
1: Well, because then they can be wrong and not get it, right? So that, that fixed mindset piece. And, you know, and, and the other piece as well is when I speak to, hey, sometimes there's bad timing, and then what do you do with it? You know, I've seen you know, restaurants more from you know, not doing any takeout to full takeout businesses and, and actually you know, doing really well right now in COVID. And, and businesses totally, totally shift strategy based on a new reality. And it also, uh, you know, and I, I believe as well as as over time those types of timing, the you know, quote unquote luck, you know, uh, goes to norm, right? And and sometimes someone can be, you know, again, the timing can run against someone, and then the timing goes back. So, but ultimately, there really is nothing else to do but what's your next action step? What are you going to do yeah. next?
0: What well, What's your next best step? Well, just the, what you said is you've got to have momentum, and again, this is another. You know, one of John's laws is, you know, momentum is is a leader's friend. Right. So you've got to be moving. Mm-hmm. If you're sitting there and and you just had a great example of, you know, uh, restaurants going to full takeout, or yes. full delivery or whatever. You know, guess what? They had to be moving. They had to have a kitchen. They had to have a menu. They had to be doing something and then they could pivot. Yes. With Without momentum, without motion, you can't pivot.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And we've talked about momentum a number of times in this podcast. It's so important. I can't agree more. And, and so one thing to sort of, you know, again, take you back to sort of, you know, who you were just coming out of school or as a, you know, teenager and now, you know, becoming a, you know, real value creator in the full-time world. What do you need to change about yourself, Frank?
0: Um, I had to really learn about not caring about myself so much okay you know uh ego i think is you know how we typically think about that and i do a lot of work with emotional intelligence and in a positive sense it could be called significance right but in a negative sense it's you know it can't be all about me yes so i've made a big shift over my my life and you know a couple of my failures had to do with me being. Too big for my britches, as my mom would say. Right, you know. So um, just kind of uh, not needing to be right, uh, not needing to be out front all the time, enabling others has really kind of grown on me over 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 time. I, I still love to accomplish, right? I, I I love to get things done and and all that stuff, but it's it's more as a group, right? So humility. And I see so many leaders, you know, once you achieve a higher level, you, all these people are looking at you, you think, well, that means they love me. And right. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying they don't, but you're, you're in a role of service, right? You're not in a role, you're not like a celebrity, right? right? Um, you, you're not like a baseball player or hockey player that you know, everybody comes to watch. Right. You play. Right. No, you're, you're there to provide a service to them. Right. And I I think if we can, you know, keep that in mind and, you know, quite honestly, I had an easy time doing that in the military because that's that was the structure. Right. But then when I got out, it was, you know, more focused on achievement, and making money and those types of things. And, you know, quite honestly, that, you know, took me a while to sort out. And that's one of the reasons I I coach veterans is because I've I've been through that. I've, I've had those struggle challenges.
1: Oh, that's great. That's great. And what about, um, if someone wanted to do what you do and create a, you know, the, the coaching success that you've had and make a contribution the way you've had, what key habits would they want to steal from you?
0: Get really good at asking questions, open-ended questions, not yes, no, um, questions. I mean, that's the biggest challenge that even coaches that have been coaching, right? They still ask open-ended questions. They're trying to diagnose the problem. Mm -hmm. And like you said, um, we, you know, real coaches don't do that. Mm-hmm. They believe that the, um, you know, the, the person is whole, resourceful, and complete, and, and that the answer is somewhere up in the rooms of their mind. Yes. Right. They just haven't discovered it yet. You know, it's like, uh, oh, I haven't been in that room for a while or that closet, and, but let's turn the light on there and see what, see what pops out. Right. Right. See what kind of creative solutions and And then helping people be accountable, right, is, uh, again, you've got to be brutal with yourself if you ever want to help anybody else be accountable. And um, actually, one of my coaches is, you know, her expertise is accountability coaching. Right. So I think those are, you know, two of the things. And then, you know, being ready, your mind, your body, your spirit. And in this sense is, Uh, Getting really good at being present. I recommend uh, Headspace a lot. It's a free app. You can get the 10 sessions for free. That's all you'll ever need. But, you know, get to be, uh, learn how to be quiet because guess what? If there's a conversation going on in your head, you can't listen to the other conversation.
1: So true. So true. Yeah. Like, and one of the, one of the really, I think, you know, so, so unfortunately one thing that's happening, it seems to be a constant is people love to focus on the problems of our society, the problems, things that aren't going well. And yes, we should, right. And to make more progress. However, so often people aren't focusing on the enormous progress that, you know, we're making as a world. And one area that we're making, I think is the enormous increase around uh meditation and presence and and being conscious and and aware in the moment and again i i love the 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 app that that you mentioned all of a sudden the mind this has slipped my mind but i love the app and that sort of i I use that the guided meditation to now do regular meditation on my own and a a way way higher level of or not higher but just more mindfulness in my in my day to day and it makes such an
0: impact and you know so headspace headspace yeah so you know another thing just getting out in nature you you said you're at a resort area right now just getting out in nature right just walking barefoot on the grass you know just being present with nature. and nature has so much to offer us Mm -hmm. right it's um just like breathing does A, a lot of folks um are you know really are able to get present when they're uh, exercising, yes. you know, running, cycling, whatever. So uh, I, I think, you know, just being able to find out how do you do that? My, my wife, for example, is, is gardening, mm-hmm. uh, taking care of the yard and uh, plants and all that stuff. That's her jam. I mean, that's where she really, it's, it's therapeutic for her. right? right? So we've got to find that space and we've got to make the time.
1: Absolutely. No, absolutely. And so the final question, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind, Frank?
0: I I think it's somebody that uh, listens to this podcast and does this stuff really, you know, gets a checklist. Okay. Got to be present. Got to mindfulness. Got to be a servant leader. I think it's, uh, you know, they're definitely a work in progress, right? The age of these, uh, you know, Big CEOs that had these big egos and all that for the very reason that you said is we're all becoming more mindful. Yes. So the, the new leader isn't going to be one of those last century uh, superstars. Yeah. It, it's going to be a leader, a servant leader that is able to connect and is, is given permission to lead. Uh, no longer are we going to have these authoritarian hierarchical structures in place and, and people have a lot more mobility. You know, if they don't like the leader, they'll go find a better leader.
1: Yes, yes. Well, that's awesome. Well, well, uh, Frank, I appreciate your contribution to our podcast. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom, getting through hard knocks. And again, your, your humility and, uh, you know, again, self-reflection that I think is just so critical to be, you know, really make a contribution in the world today. And really, ultimately, I think for leadership, that's really what it's about is making contributions.
0: Hmm. Absolutely.
1: Well, thanks so much. Have a fantastic day. And uh, again, really appreciate you coming on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast.
0: Yeah, Chris, thank you. Uh, Really great to have this opportunity.
1: Cheers. Have a wonderful day. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.